0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino.
1: You know, yesterday I had said during my radio show, during the podcast, how awful the Matrix Resurrections movie was. And it was awful. But I just want to give a quick shout out to Keanu Reeves, who was in the movie. Seriously, I found out yesterday he donated 70% of his uh, his uh, salary from the movie. 70, not seven. To cancer research. So, listen. The movie was pretty awful. I think my review speaks for itself. But that's why I said, you know, everybody should be banned uh, from ever making a movie again. I was joking, of course. I'm not a leftist for doing that, but not Keanu. Good man. Uh, we appreciate that. All right. I got a lot to talk about today, um, including a tweet that's that really summarizes what I told you yesterday. How with the big tech war and this this parallel economy conservatives are building out there away from the liberal nuts, how they ignored us forever, didn't take us seriously. And now we're creeping up behind them with rumble and uh, you're seeing all these alternative platforms, truth, social, and they're terrified about what's going to happen. All right, Joe. Let's go, daddy Let's go, Dan-O. Feels good. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> Missed that a little bit. Missed that over the holidays. <laughs> big numbers yesterday on the podcast. Big, big, big. Thank you. So right before I came on, during yesterday's show, which went nuclear first, I was discussing this growing, massive, big tech war against us and free speech and how it was never going to last and how what the left and their big tech ass-kissing buddies in corporate big tech thought, oh, don't worry, we're going to stomp on these idiots, we're going to put our boots on their necks, we're going to ban them from Twitter, ban their videos from YouTube, and that'll do the job. These moron dipwads couldn't figure out the fact that the beach ball effect always works with free speech. Speech will always, always find a way. Always. Just ask the Poles and the Solidarity Movement when the Soviet Union tried to crush them. Free speech will always find a way. And a bunch of conservative, free speech-oriented entrepreneurs, myself included, have figured out a way. We're just going to rebuild the whole pipes of the Internet. Now, I told you yesterday during the show after that New Yorker profile on me where they're clearly terrified of what I'm doing to rebuild the Internet that the reason they're now scared is because they ignored us forever. They thought we would go away. I'm not kidding, folks. They thought we were too stupid. We were a bunch of rubes. Us conservatives and libertarians would never figure out a way to get our videos and tweets and microblogs out there. We would always have to go through Twitter. Well, that's because they're stupid, not because we're stupid. So right before I get on the air, I'm not kidding. You don't have to put this in the show or anything. Is it? it a perfectionist. i will be like, send me the tweet. This lady, Victoria something on Twitter. I see this on Twitter this morning. Perfect. She goes, hey, an acquaintance of mine keeps suggesting that I look up this Rumble.com. So I did. I dismissed these hate mongers in general. But I was wrong to dismiss them. And she cites the article in The New Yorker. Proving my point again. They thought we'd go away because they thought we were stupid. They thought we wouldn't figure out a way. Well, miscalculating your enemy is one of the great strategic mistakes you'll ever make. Keep that in mind. We're going to get to more of that in a second. First, a little bit of comic relief to open this show. This is one of those LOL moments. And again, the theme of today's show is they're not hiding anymore. Well, Fauci tried to hide something on this. Here's Fauci yesterday. He accidentally, Dr. Anthony Fauci, stunningly, Joe, Dr. Fauci told the truth for once and then hides it and tries to correct himself immediately. Listen to him talking about this partnership or whatever with the Chinese... Co- Chinese. Co- You'll see what I mean in a second. Check this out.
0: Uh, COVID-1 clearly originated in China, and we were fortunate to escape... A major
1: pandemic. So we really had to learn a lot more about the viruses that were there, about whether or not people were getting infected with bad viruses. So in a very minor collaboration as part of a subcontract of a grant, we had a collaboration with some Chinese com- uh, Chinese uh, scientists. and And what he conflated that is that therefore we were involved in creating the virus, which is the most ridiculous majestic leap I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely yeah. that's definitely a mutley. Yeah. I mean, seriously, we haven't had one. It's been a little bit of a break, so it has been a, a false break in the mutleys because we hadn't been live last week due to the vacation. We had some tape shows. But yes, that was definitely a mutley. There you go. Fauci accidentally tells the truth for once and then corrects himself, so he can go back and tell an untruth. We had a collaboration with the Chinese communist. I, I mean, uh, Chinese part. <laughs> all right, move it on, move it on. I get serious stuff. I just sometimes I gotta open up the show with one of the Fauciisms. So again, the theme of today's show, they're not hiding anymore. Okay. Um, if we don't understand the terrain features of the battle ahead, we're never going to win. It's, you know, one of the I mean, one of the I, I, I think about this all the time. Like when my last line of work, right? We would never walk the president down a hallway into a hotel, a restaurant, or a building if we didn't understand. What the terrain ahead look like? What does the stairwell look like? Is there a hard room? Are there any windows we need to secure? Are there any doors along the hallway where someone could be hiding behind in a room? Folks, you never want to walk into or onto a battlefield, ideological or sadly, if it's a hot war, whatever it is, without understanding the terrain you're walking into. The Democrats are not hiding anymore. They're showing us the terrain. They're showing us where they're attacking. They're showing us as you walk down this hallway, we're going to come from here, here, and here. And oddly, there are some people, not you all in the audience, but some out there, like the dispatch and the bulwark and these dipwads, some of them even at the Wall Street Journal, these, you know, rightists, like Gerard Baker, right? He's a, he's a nice guy. I mean, he writes decent pieces, but they still don't understand the left is telling us what they're going to do. Here's what I mean. Here's Representative Jayapal, one of the most radical far left socialists in Congress, a disgraceful human being on every front. Jayapal talking about the uh, banning of Marjorie Taylor Greene, a colleague of her Republican, a Republican, very popular Republican member of Congress from Twitter. Something that happens in third world countries uh, that happens in fascism all the time. Jayapal. You know, again, you would think would be a little delicate explaining it. No, she doesn't care at all. They are taking that. They're telling you we are attacking from here. Go ahead. Do something about it. And some in the Republican Party, the swampy types are still ignoring it. Here's Representative Jayapal yesterday saying, no, listen. This should have happened sooner. And really, we should double down on attacking Facebook and Twitter. Make sure they ban more people. Here, check this out.
0: It's no secret that our social media companies have been part of their algorithms promoting disinformation. And um, I think that these steps are important, but... Frankly, a little too little and a little too late. Uh, The reality is it's not just Marjorie Taylor Greene. All over Twitter, social media, Facebook, uh, all of these companies have been using algorithms that are just about clickbait, not about truth.
1: They're not hiding. They're like, you guys are going to come down this hallway. We're hiding in this room right here, getting ready to attack. And there are some Republicans like, no, no, they're just kidding. Just walk by the room. They're not going to do anything. They're telling you what they're doing. They're telling you. I bring it up just so you understand. I I shouldn't bring things up without giving you kind of some inside baseball. So what's going on in my melon? Because I don't want to feel like I'm throwing the curveball at you here. I was reading an article yesterday by Gerard Baker at the Wall Street Journal. who I like he writes decent stuff. I mean, I don't know him personally, but I like his stuff. But again, he's one of these guys that's really convinced that we're going to return to Robert's rules of order sometime soon and that the Democrats are just going to leave, him alo- leave us alone if we win in the battlefield of ideas. That's not the battlefield we're fighting on. You're fighting the wrong battle. There's nobody there. You're like, charge! And there's nobody there. You're like charging an empty forest and your sword, you're cracking the trees. There's nobody there. Gerard Baker in the piece was like, well, you know, It's not about owning the libs. You don't understand what that means. Yes, it's kind of a funny expression, owning the libs. But it's really not. It's more about understanding what the terrain features and the battle ahead is. You're on the wrong fight. These people don't care about you arguing marginal tax rates. They want you wiped out. Jayapal's telling you it is about owning the libs. Yeah, again, the expression's kind of comical and meant to be funny, but it's really not. This is an existential fight for free speech and freedom. If you don't understand that, then I'm really sorry, but you're a liability too. You really think they want to argue about marginal tax rates? You have a member of Congress right here in what's supposed to be a free, open, constitutional republic saying that not only is it great, that we're banning people from public discourse who are elected members of Congress. <laughs> not only is it great, we should be doing it more. We should be doing it more. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not, definitely not about owning the libs. I promise you for them. It's about owning the cons. Oh, I promise you it's about owning the cons. You better wake up, man, and understand the new rules right quick. Don't ever forget the Dennis Green rule, the old football coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Remember that? They are who we thought they were. Jim, pull that for me for the radio today, if you wouldn't mind. They are who we thought they were. The left is exactly who we think they are. Exactly. Stop pretending there's something else. They just want to argue on ideas. They don't. But folks, my beach ball theory is working. Free speech is never going to be suppressed listen i don't i'm not the the the, the let's wax philosophic type i'm not but it is true when i say to you as just a matter of fact human beings yearn to be free i mean it's not hard to prove why does jail suck you get three meals they may not be great but you get free housing like oh that doesn't sound so bad no it sucks because you're not free You've had to subjugate yourself to someone else's rules. It reminds me of when I was an instructor in the Secret Service Academy. We used to do these uh, these things, uh, these runs, you know, where if you run at someone else's pace, even if it's below your pace, you get tired quicker because you're not in control. If you Believe me, you know what I'm talking about if you've been there. You go out and run on your own and you pace yourself. You can push yourself hard and you don't feel like you're going to die. Yet you go, you run with someone else, and they're leading the run at their pace. You feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired, even though it's below your max capacity. Because you're not in control. You were never going to keep the beach ball of freedom below water. Here, Daily Caller, you're seeing what I'm talking about right now. You can read this article in my newsletter. I encourage you to do it. Bongino.com slash newsletters. We sign up. It's free. Daily Caller, Joe Rogan, and Rand Paul begin the exodus from Big Tech in a mounting backlash over censorship. What did you think was going to happen, lefties? Just like the lady on Twitter, Victoria. Um, I dismissed these idiots for a long time. I really shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you think? Oh, we're not dismissing you, by the way. I don't think we've won anything. The fight continues, but from the Daily Caller piece, Rand Paul yesterday announced that he's going to begin the exodus from big tech. He'll no longer post videos on YouTube unless it's to criticize them or announce that viewers can see my content on Rumble.com. Welcome to Rumble. As you know, I am an investor over there, but welcome to Rumble, Rand Paul. I have the same policy on Twitter. My account isn't discontinued. My team still uses it, but I post all my original kind of microblog content, goes over on Parler. It doesn't go on Twitter anymore. The only thing Twitter gets is articles condemning big tech and everything everything else and lefties. But folks, I ask you, please, I asked you yesterday. It's not in my interest. It's in our collective interest in defending free speech and getting that beach ball of freedom above the waterline again. Please go set up accounts today. And one personal favor, I didn't intend, but we're at 1.99 million followers on Rumble. We are right at the cusp of 2 million. Please go follow me today on that account, rumble.com slash Bongino. Don't watch on YouTube. Don't watch on YouTube, rumble.com slash Bongino. Please, we're almost at $2 I really appreciate it. The exodus is going to continue. Now, I saw Vivek Ramaswamy on Fox News this morning. He's a great guy, tech entrepreneur, a tech entrepreneur. We've had Vivek on my radio show. Vivek wrote a book called Woke Inc, talking about how corporate America's going woke. And he was saying today, this morning, on Fox and Friends too it was a great appearance. How, yes, this is happening. How finally I did a great thing—self-praise things—but I did a really cool video last night on my locals account for my subscribers about how I feel it. I'm the good news is right around the corner. I'm telling you, it's not virtue signaling at all. I'm involved on the business side. I see all this behind the scenes. It is happening. The parallel economy—more news on that coming up shortly. By the way, the parallel economy is exploding. There are corporations, businesses. I've got, I'm working on a whole bunch of things. Woke alternatives to everything, not just tech companies. I've got more coming. It's happening. America is sick of wokeness. You're seeing it. And Vivek said something right. Having lived through what happened with the attack on Parler, he said, you know what? In the beginning, there were going to be first movers. Parler was the first mover. We were the number one app in the world, not in our category, in the world. We were the first mover. But a lot of mistakes were made. Anybody telling you otherwise doesn't know the inside story, right? A lot of mistakes were made. And he said, and then a lot of them were fixed. Parlors back now. You can download the app if you'd like. I'm on there. But a lot of mistakes were made early. And no one should gloss over that. But he said, now we're learning. Stops and starts are going to happen. And we are learning. Rumble is built on its own infrastructure. There's no taking Rumble down. And a lot of other companies are going to find that out soon as well. All right. Um, again, of uh, the theme of today's show, they are not hiding anymore. Here's more proof. Here's Mark Elias. Remember the P.P. hoax lawyer? Remember Mark Elias, the guy involved with the whole yeah, Russian yeah, collusion yeah, hoax? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember this? This guy's a disgraced human being. He's a Democrat lawyer. The man's a disgrace to humanity. Um, he's a laughing stock in everywhere but radical far left circles. But here's Mark Elias again, showing you these guys are not hiding anymore. Jaya Paul. None of them. Here's this most prominent Democrat lawyer, a hoaxer. He says his prediction for 2022 before the midterms, that there'll be a serious discussion about individual Republican House members being disqualified by Section 3 of the 14th Amendment from from serving in Congress. We may even see litigation. Folks, they are not hiding anymore. This is a prominent Democrat attorney, only respected amongst radical lunatics, who's actually talking about suing and litigation to kick people out of Congress because he doesn't like their politics. They're not hiding here. You see, here's their rump. They're like, Hey, look at this. They don't care. They are mooning people like that scene from Greece. Ooh, moon. They don't care. They're not hiding. They are daring you walk down the hallway. We're coming out of that closet. We don't think you have the guts to fight back. That's what's happening.
0: The ass of And Lenin. then you
1: got swampy people, right? You got these swampy uh, GOPers in the middle of the house. Oh, man, we just need to be nice to them. It's not about owning the libs. It's about winning the debate. Winning the debate with what? What debate? The guy wants to sue to prevent you from running for office like this is North Korea. You want you want to debate this guy about the merits of voter, uh, voter, uh, election reform? Oh, my gosh. Are you really... To the swamp rodents, are you are you smoking the wacky tobacco? You smoking the ganj, the skunk weed? Are you crazy? You want to debate with Jayapal? Paul? She wants you wiped off of a of a micro, the biggest microblog platform in the world, Twitter. She wants you wiped off, and more. And yes, you're right. We should debate them about marginal ta- marginal taxes. That'll work. That'll work great. Good idea. All right, here's what I got coming up next. Chuck Schumer's not hiding anymore either. Chuck Schumer, the Democrat leader in the Senate, he's not hiding. He is now openly flipping the double-barreled, family-friendly middle finger to America, openly retconning history about what he wants to do to push through this insane federal takeover of elections. You think the 2020 election was bad? Wait till you see what he's got planned more coming up ahead. Um, Don't miss that. Also, uh, I talked about how the left is cannibalistic and eating itself alive. I'm going to show you some more proof coming up. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. So small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, in the are made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry US survival rifle. So, back to the show. So, again, from the, they're not hiding anymore. They're like this Hey, here's my rump. Take a look at this one. They don't care. They're like, they don't think we're going to do anything about it. They just think they're going to attack and we're going to sit back. I read you the lady's tweet. Oh, am I going to dismiss these idiots, these rube hayseed morons? And look what happened. They crept up on us and created billions of dollars in companies. What do we do now? That's why they're doubling down the attacks on us. Here's Schumer. Openly retconning history right now. You know the retcon, right? When you just pretend old history didn't happen, you just ignore it. I always use the Michael Myers analogy, but they just, they keep rewriting the movie and ignoring the old movies. That's retconning. Schumer's retconning right now. Here's the long and short of it. Schumer doesn't like what happened in 2020 with the election. It wasn't enough openly changing the rules unconstitutionally in states like Pennsylvania was not enough for him. He just wants to take over elections and be able to interfere in all of them. So they're proposing a federal takeover of elections. Here's the problem. Because it's not budget related at all, this bird rule and all this other reconciliation nonsense and stuff like that. They need to get 60 votes to overcome a filibuster in the Senate. They don't have that. They only have 50 uh, Democrat senators. We actually have 51. Lisa Murkowski is kind of a Democrat. So even though she claims to be a Republican, vote Kelly Shibaka. Kelly Shabaka, Do not vote for Lisa Murkowski. She is a Democrat from Alaska. She pretends to be a Republican. But back to my topic here. They need 60 votes to take over elections federally. You think 2020 is a mess? Wait to see what happens if this disaster passes and they want to do it before the midterms. So Schumer has this voting bill he needs to get through. He doesn't have enough votes. He's never going to get 60. There's not a chance in hell. Outside of Murkowski, no one else on the Republican side is going to vote for this. And they only have 50 Democrats. So Schumer is now talking because they again are showing their butts of just like nuking the filibuster altogether. And saying, "Hey, majority rules in the Senate now decades of precedent thrown out the window because Chuck Schumer just doesn't like it. You don't like the result? Just change the rules. That's what Democrats do in the double-barrel middle finger to America. But there's a little problem. Chuck Schumer has openly spoken about in the past, many times, and a piece of video coming up right now, about how nuking the filibuster, which is what he wants to do, would be, quote, doomsday for democracy. Dan, you're being dramatic. I'm not being dramatic. Those are Chuck Schumer's actual words about nuking the filibuster. Here's the retcon. Chuck Schumer in the past. But don't dare nuke the filibuster. It's doomsday for democracy. Chuck Schumer now. Nuke the filibuster. It's great for democracy. Here. Here's a video of Chuck Schumer. This is years ago. Talking about how it's doomsday for democracy. Check this out.
0: Bottom line is very simple. The ideologues in the Senate... ...want to turn what the founding fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy... ...into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. We will not let them. They want, because they can't get their way on every judge... ...to change the rules in midstream. To wash away 200 years of history... They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Are we going to let them? It'll be a doomsday for democracy if we do.
1: Doomsday for democracy, folks. Totally retcon. I mean, these people act like they're not on tape and digital files in the past, saying exactly what they're saying now is good for democracy. He acts like none of this exists. Again, the retconning. And, and why do they do that? Because, folks, they don't care. Chuck Schumer doesn't really have any guiding principles. Chuck Schumer doesn't really believe nuking the filibuster is a, is a doomsday for democracy because Chuck Schumer doesn't believe in democracy. He believes in tyranny and socialism. Yeah. He was just saying at the time because he wasn't in power. Here's Chuck Schumer again, in case you think, oh, that's years ago, Dan, on C-SPAN. No, here he is with um, Chuck Todd. Just, uh, what was it, about maybe three years ago or something talking about neil gorsuch and the uh, uh, supreme court yeah. again talking about the filibuster saying hey that nominee needs to get 60 votes in other words the filibuster stays and if the nominee doesn't get 60 votes they damn well better change the nominee this is just a few years ago check this out
0: let me make a proposal here to maybe break uh this problem that we have okay um it looks like uh, Gorsuch will not reach the 60 vote margin. So instead of changing the rules, which is up to Mitch McConnell and the Republican majority, why doesn't President Trump, Democrats, and Republicans in the Senate sit down and try to come up with a mainstream nominee? Look, when a v- nominee doesn't get 60 votes, you shouldn't change the rules. You should change the nominee. <laughs> These
1: people are unbelievable. Again, They act like none of this ever happened because he doesn't care. Chuck Schumer has no principles. He doesn't believe in democracy. He doesn't care. And he knows the media outside of conservative media like us and others. He knows nobody will call him out. He knows that. These people in the media are on his team. They don't believe in democracy either. They're propagandists, activists, and little mini tyrants. You think they care about Chuck Schumer changing his mind repeatedly? Here's the impetus for the whole story today about the retcon. Daily Wire, Dylan Burroughs, Schumer vows vote on changing Senate rules if GOP continues to block efforts. So just to be clear, Schumer's saying now, if you don't go along with our efforts to hijack federal elections, to interfere in elections in the future, we are then going to toss the rules out the window and decades of precedent, and we're just going to do a majority rules thing. So here's my suggestion. Let them do it. Let them do it. Dan, that's crazy. Why would you say that? Because, folks, it appears they're going to do it anyway. and There's not much for us to let them do. If the Democrats want to change the Senate rules and Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin jump on board, which is unlikely but possible, then they're going to do it. But if the Senate's going to be majority rules, in other words, 51 votes instead of 60 votes to get legislation passed, 60 votes requiring some consensus. Fine, let them do it. I believe we're going to take back the Senate in 2022. I've got a few ideas. Joe, how do you feel about these? So here are some things we can pass with majority rules, because I don't see any scenario by which we don't take back the House. So if we take back the Senate, too, um, and we get the White House in 2024, I say, number one, we do constitutional carry nationwide, constitutional carry across the entire country and reciprocity. You got a firearms permit, in Florida. It's good in all forty-nine states. Sounds like a good idea to me. Yep. National reciprocity. How do you feel about that, Joe? You like that idea? Like it, I think that sounds yes, pretty sir. good. Let me throw a few more. You. How about national tax reform? How about we move to the fair tax nationwide or the flat tax? Now, I, I get it. I know there are a lot of strong proponents of the fair tax. I like the fair tax more. Um, its implementation could be a little tough, but I would settle for a flat tax too. Flat tax, everyone. Uh, 15, 17% flat tax nationwide. I like that idea. How do you feel about that one? That'd be pretty good, huh? Yeah. Nationwide pass that one. Yeah. That'd be awesome, man. Right? Yeah, no more deductions, anything like that. 15%. How about uh, spending controls? How about we do uh massive cuts to all of these social programs that are causing poverty, not alleviating poverty? I think that's a good idea, too. So if the Democrats like their new rules, I like them, too. You want to do 51 votes? Let's do it. Touche, baby. You want to play ball? You want majority rules in each chamber? I'm down. I'm D. Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. And by the way, I can think of a thousand more things, too. You want federal education money? You better have a school choice program. You didn't like Obamacare? Don't worry. We're going to scrap that, too. Want to play ball? Let's play ball. But this time, we'll swing for the fences. Let's do it. New rules. We win, and you lose. All right, let me get to my next sponsor, and here's what I got coming up. Again, they're not hiding anymore, and being delicate has tried has had consequences here. They tried to kind of be delicate and massage things, and it didn't work. Now they're just downright pushing labels onto people. Hey, Hispanic voters, we're going to call you Latinx. Latinx, Latino, Latina voters are like, no, I think we'll 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 stick with our own culture, thanks. Thanks, uh, white progressives trying to tell us how to speak to each other. We're good. More on that coming up next. This is for, I told you this was going to happen. They're going to eat each other alive, the left. Okay, just a quick note before I get to that cannibalism story. I was going to open up the show with it today, and uh, I got a bit sidetracked. But to everyone who uh, really got had a really rough night in Virginia, I don't know if you heard what happened, but a highway got shut down in Virginia, in northern Virginia, due to a snowstorm. People have been stuck on the highway for 10, 15 hours. It's just a reminder. You know, if, you know, keep some, a bottle of water in your car and some warm clothes if you live in those environments in the Northeast. I've been stuck not nearly as long for that. But, you know, you can run out of gas and you can get really cold. I mean, it's a real emergency up there. This isn't some, uh, you know, some fake emergency. This is real. It's really happening. You can freeze to death. So always make sure. I always had one of those big, thick a jackets in the back of my car uh when i was running for office out in mountain maryland god forbid i got stuck and keep a bottle of water and a couple you know protein bars in the car just in case so um that's really horrible what happened up there to those folks i mean you know the, how is the government totally unprepared all the time i mean joe this is crazy you live in the region yeah. snow in winter like oh my gosh i mean it never happens yeah. in virginia surprising mm-hmm. surprising <laughs> really, I feel bad for these people, but these idiots in government, they can never like remove their heads from their collective rumps ever. So disturbing. Okay. They're not hiding anymore. They're not hiding. They used to try to be delicate by putting people in boxes. Remember my boxes theory of the left. Okay. It's important you understand this. It's not just that they do things. It's understanding why they do things that matter because again, it helps us understand the terrain features of the fight ahead. When we know where they're coming from, we can respond. When we're surprised because we don't understand, you can get hit, you can get cold cocked, and get knocked out. The reason the left wants to put you in boxes and put a label on you—the left, not the right. The right just sees people as children of God, right? That's what we do. That's not what the left does. You're not a child of God. You're a black man or a Hispanic man. Those are the simple ones they use that we're used to. But there's other ones too. You're trans. You're you're gay. You're union. You're an immigrant. Your status is everything. The status and, and the label they put on you is everything. Now, why do they do that? It, it, one, it shows they don't understand people. Latinx is the new one. Because people don't think like that. My wife's an immigrant to this country. She doesn't label herself an immigrant. The left wants to slap that label on her. She's a mom. She manages my company. She's a friend to people. That's Those are the labels she uses. She doesn't use Latinx or any of this stupidity, right? Why do they do that? They do it because it's the only way they can win. The left says, I've said it a lot. I'll say it again. That by slapping that label on you, you're a black man. No, I'm an American. Like I don't think like a black man. Well, you have to be a black man because Republicans hate black people and therefore vote for us. Oh, like, that's their scam. That's why they love the labels. But what happens when the label game gets so ridiculous that it blows up in their face? They showed their butts to people, and again is a cannibalistic. It's it's cannibalistic by nature. The left because people are fighting back. Here's NBC, a far left leaning outlet, with a story. You know the Latinx label, Latinx, where the white progressives decided that Latino and Latina to refer to male and female Hispanic uh, individuals, uh, people of Latin origin. Right. That that wasn't good enough because those are gendered terms. Latino and Latina. All right. Male and female, respectively. They didn't like that. The gender lobby says, we got to have gendered terms, even though that's how Spanish, the language works. You have L and La. You, they're, they're gendered terms in Spanish all the time. They can't have it. Gender lobby was like, gender's not real. Even gender in language, we got to get rid of that. So we're not going to call people Latino and Latina. We're going to call them Latinx. Well, NBC News is starting to wonder. NBC News, the lefties. Hey, is this not working? They say, is Latinx elitist? There's some pushback at the words growing use. If I were going down to the local Taqueria, they wouldn't know what you were saying if you used the term said a scholar near the Mexican border. <laughs> they don't think a scholar, exactly. They say to discard those terms, is to, Latino and Latina in the piece, is to disrespect the entire culture, as well as our brothers, fathers, and fathers who have fought hard to be respected as men. Yeah, check.
0: it reduces you to nothing. It's terrible. What's that? It reduces you to nothing. Latinx. Right, that, yeah. Well,
1: that of course that's the goal. Yeah. The goal is always. But
0: why though? That's
1: an important thing you just said. But why? The reasons clear. It's almost like ideological boot camp, where the idea is in boot camp to break you down to build you up. Yeah. But with with liberals, it's different. The idea is to break you down and never build you up. It's why they yeah, love I, poverty. It's why because they need you dependent on government. It's like reverse boot camp. I'm glad you said that. They want to break you down so you're never built up, so you're relying on government. That's why everybody should look the same, sound the same. There should be no genders. There should be no um, objective reality. Everything's subjective and subject to change at any given time. Folks, this was never going to work. I promised you a long time ago that the woke movement was cannibalistic by nature. Because the left's effort to stick you into boxes, you're a black man or Latinx and Republicans hate you, so vote for us. It was always dependent on you staying in the box. But people don't do that. People are moms. They're, again, they're they're employees. They're business owners. They don't subscribe to these labels. And the problem with putting people in boxes, folks, is that when you put them in boxes, sometimes the interests of the boxes you've put them in are not the same. And I'll give you a couple examples right here why this movement's going to eat itself alive, and it's happening right now. Asians versus black Americans when it comes to, you know, the freedom of education. The liberals want to discriminate against Asians because they're, quote, too smart. There's too many Asians in college, and they want to help what they think is help black Americans get into colleges. So you can be a black American to score hundreds of points lower on an SAT test and get into a college. Meanwhile, if you're an Asian, you get discriminated against. Well, what did they think? Asians were dumb? That Asians weren't going to figure out like, hey, we're being discriminated against to supposedly make it equitable to take care of that? That doesn't sound equitable to me. You see? You see where the conflict starts instead of just treating people equally? It's not just that. You're seeing a growing schism right now between gay Americans and trans Americans. There are people who are who are gay and not trans who are like, hey, you know what? A lot of the trans movement interests are my interests. You doubt me? Look it up. Again, they put people in boxes. Gay, trans. All of a sudden the boxes' interests aren't the same. Here's one more. Women's sports. The Democrat. We're the Democrat. We're the party of women. But we're also the party of trans athletes. Really? What happens when women who are in sports start losing to biological men? All of a sudden, the women are like, wait, wait, wait. That's not necessarily my bag. That's not my bag, baby. And they start eating each other alive. That's what you're seeing right now. I told you this thing has no future. It doesn't. They will eat themselves alive. You can't put people in boxes if the interests of the boxes don't align. I got a bold idea, Joe. How about you just take the conservative libertarian approach? And treat people as children of God according to their merits and what they do, not what they look like. Crazy idea, Joe. Yeah. Crazy as having snow in the winter in Virginia. Real real <laughs> yeah. shocker. I know. But it works every time. Just the thought. Throw that out there for you. Showing you, by the way, as well, bringing back this poll we covered a few weeks ago. December 18th, 2021. Breitbart. Hispanic voters show a 42-point shift towards Republicans since 2018. 42. Not 4.2. Not 2.4, not .42, 42-point 42 swing. You think that has something to do with treating Hispanic voters like infants? We're going to call you Latinx. I'll stick with Latino. Thank you very much. We're good. We're good like that. You think that has something to do with infantilizing them? You think so? You think maybe Hispanic voters just want to be treated like men and women? You think they just want to be treated according to their merits? Yeah. yeah, I do. Amen, bro. I happen to be married to one. Yeah. You know? Joe knows one too. Her name is Paul. It's my wife. Yeah. Joe knows. Joe, Joe it's stutter. Here's another shocker Joe knows a lot of people are Hispanic. <gasps> oh, yeah. Democrats are like, really? You mean you don't <laughs> isolate yourself in your white bubbles? No, you idiots do on the progressive side. He's an immigrant, too. We let him in. No problem. Oh. He, we, it's amazing how we all hate immigrants, and I'm married <laughs> to one, and one of them runs the show on the video. Just crazy. Great. It's nuts how we all hate these immigrants, and yet I happen to marry one I love very much, and he runs my whole outfit over here. Shocker. Shocker. It's a, it's a, I know the left's response, Joe. Oh, that's just virtue signaling. That's just virtue <laughs> signaling. Yes. I've been married to Paula. I've known her for 20 years. That's quite a virtue signal. Two-decade-long virtue yeah. signal. Yeah. Trusting Guy with my entire podcast and access to my Yes. Man, that's quite a virtue signal there, Dan. Very well. Man, you really are signaling. <laughs> penance, right? Good point. Justin's here, of course, this week. He's back. I didn't think he'd be back this week, but he is. In turn, Justin is back, and he's always welcome. He said he's correct. It's a penance, Joe, for my white privilege. You're right. Been married <laughs> for 20 years. His beautiful woman. Let me tell you something. A lot of guys would love that penance. Right, they had a woman like Paula show up. I'll take that penance. Where's, where do I get a number? Serving now sixteen for the really beautiful, smart, talented Hispanic woman penance. I'll take number twenty-two. Holy crap! Are these people stupid? They really are. This is why I'm telling you. This is why there's no future in this woketopia nonsense and speech suppression. To tie it back to the beginning of the show, there's no future in it. The fight's not over. The left is vicious. It's not, But I'm telling you, there's no future. All right, moving on. Let me get to my next story here. There's a lot going on. One of the things I pride, themselves, I pride myself in is stuffing a lot of stuff into an hour show. It was the original idea of the show, give you an hour to get the whole day's news. Zuckerbucks, folks, is a big deal. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook decided it would be a good idea to fund this thing called the CTCL, the Center for Civic Life, whatever it stands for. Well, the CTCL uh, looks like, it appears to be one big scam right now. The CTCL during the 2020 election and Zuckerberg's money, it's, its they call them Zuckerbucks now, big Facebook money. A lot of that money was supposed to go to make elections secure in 2020, buy protective equipment, whatever happened. But this odd anomaly, I say odd, mm-hmm. kind of being silly about it, started to materialize. We're now starting to see the Zuckerbucks, you know, again, fake shocker here. Oh, let me color my be sh- shocked face. That Zuckerberg's money primarily went to districts that vote for Joe Biden. Stunned. But showing you again how the theme of today's show, the Democrats aren't hiding anymore. Folks, they just don't care. The same Democrats, the Evan Osnard's and the others, who swear that it's Republicans who think elections are rigged, want to rig elections with left-leaning money going to left-leaning districts and the money's not even public taxpayer money. It's private money. They don't care at all. Here, you doubt me? Look at this Wall Street Journal article from January 3rd, yesterday. Zuckerbuck shouldn't pay for elections. A lot of states are banning Zuckerbucks, Florida included. Some of these Democrat-leaning states and swing states with Democrat governors are like, no, no, no. Private money should definitely rig elections in in blue states. They don't care what... Bit. Again, here's my... Check it out. Look, caboose. They don't care. They're not hiding here. The CTCL, which is this outfit that gave a lot of money, consistently gave bigger grants and more money per capita to counties that voted for Biden. It was an an analysis by the Capital Research Center. Here's its tally for Georgia. They showed average grants, sucker bucks grants, of $1.41 per head in Trump areas. Okay. And $5.33 in Biden areas. A conservative group in Wisconsin suggests that extra voter outreach funded by the Zuckerbuck CTCL could have boosted Mr. Biden's turnout there by something like 8,000 votes. It isn't hard to see why they're concerned. Folks, with elections getting increasingly tight, in some cases in counties being determined by hundreds of votes within counties. You think flipping thousands of votes by spending nearly five times as much money on Democrat districts than Republican districts, you think that's the way to go to move forward? Democrats do because they don't care. Here's my rump. Look at it. And you still want to, we shouldn't be owning the libs. We should be debating. You want to debate people, just to be clear. What did we cover today? You want to debate people like Jayapal who want conservatives banned from Twitter. You want to debate people like Mark Elias, who wants to sue to make sure Republicans don't run for office. You want to debate people as well that think it's okay to have multi-trillion dollar corporations spend private money to influence elections in Democrat counties. You think that's okay? And you want to, what, you want to argue ideology with them? Sure. The only way to fight this fight is to defeat them. Defeat them. Get them out of office. There is no arguing with them. I wish some people would understand that. Okay, uh, let me get to my last sponsor. Coming up next, uh, speaking of retconning, we we showed you Chuck Schumer retconning history before, changing history. This one, shameless by the Washington Post on coronavirus. And I mean, mean, seriously, straight up shameless. And I'm not talking about the, what is it? The Showtimes, the Yemi Rossum series. Shameless retconning of history. Back to the show here, Washington Post. This is one of the most shameless retcons I've ever seen, even by media standards, which is saying a lot. So I read, I, I, this, this was, I usually have an idea the night before because I do my show prep starting at about 6.30 p. at the night before. I wrap up about nine when Hannity starts and I'll watch about a half hour Sean and then I go to sleep. Sometimes I'll watch Tucker as I'm reading, but I have an idea where the show's going to go the night before. I did not plan on talking about that. I woke up this morning, though, and I see this piece talking about how the 1918 Spanish flu is more relevant now thanks to Omicron. It's a Washington Post piece. And I've always been fascinated by the 1918 Spanish flu because it was an apocalyptic level disaster. I mean, the death count was off the charts. So I'm always kind of fascinated, even though it was a Washington Post piece. I, uh, I click on it, which I rarely do. And I read through it, and I read this line in there. Again, it's about the 1918 flu relationship to now. It says, quote, once spread had begun of the Spanish flu, mitigation methods such as closures, distancing, mask wearing, and isolating those infected couldn't stop it, but they did save many lives and limited suffering by slowing infections and spread. Now, folks, I'm not claiming to be an expert on the 1918 Spanish flu, but I've read quite a bit on it. I'm fascinated by it. And one of the things I know, because I've read a good bit on the 1918 Spanish flu, is that masks did absolutely nothing to stop the spread of the Spanish flu. That's not a... Remember, uh, Joe, for, for the newbies uh, listening on the left, 1918 has already happened, okay? Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Joe can conf- Joe's like, can confirm. 1918, we already have the data. It's not speculative. We're not in 1917 saying, if we wear masks, let's see what happens in 1918. We already know. If you if you just go to any search engine and put in masks, 1918 Spanish flu, and you get away from the lunatic sites and the retconning sites, you will see. It is conclusive. The use of masks during the Spanish flu did nothing. So how is it possible that the Washington Post reported this morning that masks were effective for the Spanish flu in 1918. What? The answer is because the Washington Post isn't a serious journalism outlet. They lick their political fingers. Liberals love face diapers. So they're like, let's just say it worked. But did it? No, it didn't work, but it doesn't matter. Our liberals are idiots. Our, our, our liberals are idiots. So talk talking about a Freudian slip. That's actually true. Our readers are idiots. So I went to a nonpartisan site, just to show you, it's just health affairs. This is from May of 2020. Right. This website here. It is. It's just simple. I mean, again, it's everywhere. You don't have to take it from Health Affairs. Here's the headline: Flu masks failed in 1918, but we need them now. Here we go again. This is it. This is again how these people retcon stuff. Evaluating the use of masks: Did masks prevent the flu of inf- the spread of influenza in 1918? Well, experts reviewing evidence from 1918 concluded that flu masks failed to control infection. <laughs> That's a- It doesn't matter. Just keep it up. Just keep it up, folks. Keep it up. Sorry about that snort. I know that's annoying. I can't help. Sometimes I I try not to laugh. I promise you. It is not intentional. I just can't get over the stupidity how these people really are convinced the Washington Post that their readers are morons. Now, showing you how the Washington Post is not only retconning history. We know masks did nothing to mitigate the spread of the 1918 Spanish flu. Nothing. When masks became political, Right around the summer of 2020 is where they became political, where the left fell in love with masks. So everyone on the left and the federal bureaucracy, even some people in the Trump administration, not necessarily Trump, started pushing masks because it became a political issue. They Here's what happened. Here's the gist. You want to just explain to you shortly? Because this is important, the history yeah, of masks yeah. in, in two seconds or less. Trump came out and questioned the efficacy of masks. That was it. That changed everything. Once Trump said that, the left was in love with the mask and they were gonna retcon history. And all of a sudden claim masks work. You get it? It's no more, please, folks. It is no more complicated than that. It's nothing to do with science. It doesn't even have anything to do with opinion. It's just the left hates Trump. Trump said, I'm not sure masks work. He was right. The left said, masks work, we love masks, Trump sucks. Okay. So even though we knew they were useless, we had to do it anyway. So here's the Washington Post before masks became political. Look at the date on this article. It's important. April 2nd, 2020. This is before the whole political thing blew up. Everyone wore masks during the 1918 flu pandemic. They were useless. Headline. Is the Dan, you opened up the segment, the Washington Post saying masks work. Folks, I'm not asking you to believe, I'm not asking you to try to uh, translate this into sane person ease. It's not sane. These people are crazy. Right around that April, May time period, Trump said masks weren't that great. Liberals then said, Trump sucks, we love masks. So everybody just forgot and pretended like none of the stuff they wrote ever happened. Masks are great, masks work. But again, Trump. Look at my rump. They don't care. They're showing you their arses. They're showing it to you. They don't care because they think you're too stupid to respond. And they're, quote, dismissing you. Like the lady said in the tweet opening the show. All right. uh, You know what? Can we get to the last? Can we skip this one, guys? Can we get to the next one? This is important. I don't want to leave it. Hey, folks, showing you again how people are waking up. Not just on the Rumble and parlor and Locals and True Social side. It's people are waking up everywhere. It's not just against the big tech fight. Hispanic voters are waking up. We showed you that poll, 42% swing. The Great Migration is continuing out of blue states right now. This is not one of those shows where I'm trying to be pollyanna and telling you, again, the fight's not over. But I don't want to be Debbie Downer all the time. There is a lot of good news out there. Hispanic voters swing, the explosive growth of the parallel economy. Also this, people migrating out of blue states. And ladies and gentlemen, they are not all liberals. Matter of fact, the people moving down here to Florida are largely conservatives. The same thing with Texas. Just look at the polls. Wall Street Journal had a great piece yesterday. The Great Migration Continues, part two. So United Van Lines, a moving company, has data on where people are leaving. And look at where they're leaving. Who were the biggest losers? Joe, there's something in common with all these states. It's tough to figure out. So take them. As I read this, I'll give you some time to digest it and tell me the one thing they have in common politically. Okay. New Jersey was the biggest loser for the fourth consecutive year with 71% of its moves heading out. Next on the departures list were Illinois, New York, Connecticut, and California. Joe, there's a trend here in those states. Now, again, I know it's going to take you a second, but are those largely liberal states or largely conservative states? If you need a moment, I understand. We can take a break. The show is recorded.
0: No, Dan, I'm right on this. These are liberal states.
1: Thank you. And he didn't even need a lot of time. Weird how the United Van Lines reporting the departures list for these states are off the charts. All from blue states. Now, you may say to yourself, you're a liberal. And by the way, on my Fox show this weekend, Saturday night, this is going to be the subject of the rebuttal, <laughs> okay. the debate. So you may not want to miss this. I already know the liberal response. Well, people move away for a lot of reasons, Daniel. They don't just move because of the politics and taxes. Well, that's interesting because we have actual polls on this. Here's a poll Reuters conducted asking people, why are they leaving California? You know what they said? The taxes are the political culture. <laughs> Joe shocked again, just like snow in the winter in Virginia stunned. So yes, uh, people do move for a lot of reasons. And the primary reason the taxes or the political culture housing costs too, which are high because of uh, liberal regulation policies and zoning. So again, I can predict what they're going to say here. Here's one last thing. Let's finish up the show with this. So Ron DeSantis commented on this yesterday. This is uh, we haven't done this in a while. Our first 2022 segment of Ron DeSantis Strikes Again. DeSantis, who we love, commented on this yesterday. This growing phenomenon of liberals uh, with an S hit talking conservative states and then moving there and vacationing there because they're total frauds and losers. Here, check this
0: out. If I had a dollar for every lockdown politician... Who decided to escape to Florida over the last two years? I'd be a pretty doggone wealthy man, let me tell you. I mean, Congress people, mayors, governors—I mean, you name it. And um, it's interesting, though, the reception that you know that, that some of these folks will get in Florida, because I think a lot of Floridians say, "Wait a minute, you're bashing us." Because we're not doing your draconian policies, and yet we're the first place you want to flee to, uh, to basically to be able to 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 enjoy life. And so I'm not surprised to see that continue to happen. I love this
1: guy. <laughs> really, there is no better Republican governor, no better Republican elected official anywhere in the country right now than Ron DeSantis. No one in office. The best. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Check out my radio show later. I'll see you there. And please, if you wouldn't mind, subscribe to my show on Rumble. It's free. I hate subscribe, follow, whatever. Just go to my Rumble page. It's Rumble, R-U-M-B-L-E, rumble.com slash Bongino. And follow the herd over there from YouTube. We had an explosive weekend on Rumble. Rumble.com slash Bongino. We just need a few more followers there to get to 2 million on Rumble. Thank you for your support. We appreciate it. I'll see you all on the radio show. You just heard Dan Bongino.